It's time for the latest edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. This time I talk with Darren Virisami from 34 Strong, and he talks about why it's important to embrace a strength-based organization. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I'm your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a brand new guest. I'm super excited to have him. He's the Chief Operating Officer and one of the founders of 34 Strong, Darren Virasami. Darren, thanks so much for joining me, my friend. Kirby, thanks so much for having me. Truly a pleasure to be here. I love it. I love it. So I want to jump right in on 34 Strong, your company. You guys talk about creating, it says, a strength-based organization. I think, I'm think i super fascinated by that concept. Can you talk about what that means? Yeah, I think there's this great African proverb. Maybe you've heard it before, but it's simply this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Mm-hmm. That is one of the core tenets of a strengths-based organization. And what it is, Kirby, is you know, so often we're conditioned to think that our greatest opportunity for growth as humans in, in our human development, our greatest capacity for growth and aiming for excellence lies in focusing on our areas of deficit, our areas of weakness. And the truth is not that at all. In fact, we couldn't be more for, further from the truth than that. It really comes down to this. How can you aim high if you're focusing on your weaknesses? Mm. So the strengths-based approach to organizations or strengths-based organizations, when we step into that culture, what we're really aiming for is creating cultures of engagement where people can be engaged in being valued for being valuable and really show up as the best version of themselves where they get to play through the filter of their talents and their strengths. Mm. So we really look to identify what your natural strengths are and that's your natural patterns of thought, feeling and behavior that can be productively applied. And in that African proverb, again, it's if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Uh, we, we, we can become confident in where we shine, so that's our areas of strengths, and we can be confident in where we're blind. And mm-hmm. we can own our areas of weakness and not trying to become them, but to manage around them. You know, mm-hmm. there might be something that you do incredibly well that I, I just suck at and, and I really don't like doing. In fact, I'd probably rather go bang my head into a wall, but you can do it well and that can be a great opportunity for a partnership. That's how we play to our strengths and create well-rounded teams not necessarily focusing on creating well-rounded individuals. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm hearing more and more science around this about how you know spending a lot of time on those deficits like you talked about is such an yeah. energy drain. Um, this makes total sense to me. I, I think that's super interesting. So let's say I'm interested, and I am. So what, what are some tips you can give me, my organization, other organizations who are interested to sort of dig into this concept? What can, what can we, do, we do? You know, a great place to start is taking inventory. So this can come organizationally. This can also come. Um, this can also come for you as an in- individual. There's a great process that we we have that we utilize. It's called Grind Greatness Genius. And what do you do in that space? You can do it for your organization and ask yourself how much time is our organization, or if you're taking that introspective look at yourself as a leader, how much time am I spending in my grind zone? So Kirby, what's the grind zone? 
the grind or the, the things that maybe when you think about doing them, you consider accidentally breaking your an- breaking your ankle because <laughs> you, I, I actually rather not do that yeah, today. Yeah. I prefer not to do that. So, you know, we don't accidentally break our ankle. We might actually think like that might be a better option because <laughs> it's just, it's so de-energizing. We spend hours doing it and it just saps everything out of us totally. and, and it takes us out of our zone of juice no matter how many times we practice it so these right. could be things that we've we've actually spent a lot of time quote unquote developing practicing investing in and we're still getting to be low mediocrity with them our greatness zone are the things that we do well uh, that, that we get a lot of energy from they do show signs that our talent is at play we're right. enthusiastic to do them we're feeling pretty energized. We're feeling pretty strong, and and, and and we do them really well. Now, genius, Kirby, these are things that you just stand alone on. Mm-hmm. You are the best of the best. You really uh, stand out. You're, 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 you're better than pretty much everybody uh, at these particular elements, and, and, and you really stand out in a crowd. There's an exercise that we have, and I actually think um, I, I have a link to it in mm-hmm. uh, the show notes that we'll be able to provide for you, mm-hmm. so your, your, your listeners can actually get into this. And, and what you do with this is it's in, broken down into these three columns, and a great, great way to go about this is actually rank what these tasks are, what these things are that you do, and put the percentage of time that you're spending doing it. So you, you might not capture that all in a single day, but maybe keep it for a week and you're thinking, okay, over the course of the month, what is it that I'm doing or what is it that my team is doing? And if you find that you're spending 60, 70% of your time personally, your organization's spending a lot of their time in the grind zone, you gotta start asking some questions. Mm. How can we sub this out? How can we sync it up and creating complementary partnerships with others? That, that are maybe on the team to, to realign responsibilities to get people into their place of strengths. Another great, great opportunity to, to, to really advance on this, take the Strengths Finder. You can take the Clifton Strengths Finder. You can actually take it uh, through, through 34 Strong at our, our website. Uh, we have that capacity to be able to take that. And you can learn a lot about your natural talents uh, through just taking that. It's a great report that's on there. If you want to learn more about it, you can definitely reach out to us. But that, that assessment, helps you identify your natural patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior that can be productively applied. So, so it's interesting, two, two observations. Number one, um, so in order to dig into a strength-based organization, you need to do individual-based testing to see who excels in what, right? Is that, is that where you understand it? it? You, you and, got it. And, and it's, it, the other observation I have is um, you and I were introduced uh, from a uh, kind of a mutual friend, Mike McCallowitz, and it, it comes to mind that he talks about the, this idea, at least, in the mm-hmm. book Clockwork, right? Yep. Getting people yep. to spend more time in that. And so obviously something he believes in as well. He does. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in, in Clockwork, actually, in Chapter 5, in Balance the Team, that he writes about a conversation with me and a meeting with me, and we've done a lot of work with his whole Profit First uh, Professionals team yeah. and getting them aligned around their talent. Because it does, that, that whole concept of balancing the team out, so often, you know, as leaders, even across our team, we, we, we get in this mindset, that deficit mindset of, I've got to really work on my areas of weakness, or I have to be all things to all people. Yeah. Well, again, how can you aim high if you're focused on weakness? How do you get to excellence? Nobody rolls out of bed, Kirby. No, no, nobody that's going to work, nobody that owns a business and says, you know what, 
world, today is the day that I want to have as mediocre or below average team <laughs> as I possibly can have and have as mediocre or below average business as I possibly can have yeah. if they can pick between that and excellence, right? Yeah. You can't get to excellence if you're focused on your weakness only. We've got to manage around those things. We're not saying ignore them, but you've got to manage around them. And this gives you, when you shine a light on who you are and who you're not, you can be confident in where you shine and confident in where you're blind. So you can open up yourself to those partnerships. I love it. I love it. Well, it. So I've got one more question for you, and I think it ties into what we've been talking about today. And why do you, why do you think culture plays a big part in business success today? And I feel like this, you know, having people work to their strengths would help the culture. Does that does that make sense or no? Oh, it it, it totally does. Kirby, right. you're a marketing guy, and and at the end of the day, your culture is your brand in so many ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Th- th- think about this, right? Think about this. How how are you going to get engaged customers? How are you going to get engaged clients from disengaged employees? Yeah. If your employees are showing up and they don't feel like they can be their best mm-hmm. because they're not put in a place where they can thrive, they're just trying to survive every day. How do you expect to get clients that can feel like they're thriving, that they're getting engagement and getting the best out of out of your organization. So culture matters so much for a number of reasons, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll just keep it short. Your culture is your brand because it creates the environment mm-hmm. in, in which your employees can thrive and, and thus give to your clients. The, the other element is employees' motivations are changing. Yeah. So culture really matters. People want to have and be a part of cultures where they feel like their voice counts, they're valued for being valuable, and there's a purpose and a connection that matters for them. So that's that's kind of the place of, of where it is, and it totally ties into the marketing elements. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's kind of the yin to the yang of yeah. the marketing side. You've got to have the marketing systems in place, right? You've got to have the promotional pieces in place, but you also got to have the people that are the lifeblood. The culture is the lifeblood, and that's what your people are. That's why it matters so much. Man, I totally agree. That's fantastic. So um, good stuff, man. So you've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me a question. Do you have one for me? I do, Kirby. So what is your biggest personal life hack that you most connect to your growth and success in in, in life and in business? Man, that's a great question. Um, Okay, so I'll go personal and professional. Is that cool? Absolutely. So uh, from a professional perspective, I think one of the things that took uh, my sort of content and career to a new level was shared platforms. So just like what we're doing here, uh, this this webcast, podcast, those sort of things where we can partner and we both share our audiences and we can both add value to those, that's been a really a big game changer for me over the last couple of years. Um, And then from a personal level, I always joke like, you know those people, and maybe you're one of them, that they roll out of bed and the first thing they want to do is throw on their shoes and go for a 10-mile run? Like, I, good for them. I am not that guy. And so what I've found is I'm, I've become self-aware enough to create habits that I don't have to have ma- um, willpower to maintain. So, for example, I do work out each morning, but I'm, I don't roll out of bed and do it. I go and I get my coffee and I do a little mindless reading and I try to put some good in, but it's like... After about 45 minutes, two cups of coffee, now I want to work out. And so it became a thing where, and, and working out then kind of creates uh, a downhill pattern in a good way of, okay, my brain's working a little better and my I feel better and I'm a little less stressed. And so 
But if I would have said, hey, I'm rolling out of bed and I'm running outside in the cold, I would stop after three days because I don't want to do it. Um, so I created a, a sort of a routine in the morning that set me up for success for the rest of the day. And that when I started doing that, all of a sudden I started doing the things I know I should do every day. Does that make sense? It totally does. The importance of those habits. Oh, uh, I, I, I get that. That's so critical. Yeah. Well, habits are super hard to create and maintain. And so the more willpower you have to exercise over them, the harder they are to get going. And so that was the big thing. I was like, I was trying to make it in such a way that it wasn't so hard to get started. So anyway, yeah. cool. Well, I, I love it. Is it fair to say just one, one thing you said there, your willpower, you, exercising your willpower is a habit that you have to form, right? That, totally. was, that was something you just, just said there right at the end. I think that that's really, really important. Yeah, for that, sure. that, that, was, that was great. Thank you. Thanks, man. Well, hey, Darren, I really appreciate you taking the time. We'll have to do it again, okay? Definitely, Kirby. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.